Okay, cool. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. I am your perennial host, Tom Whitcomb. Glad to be here again. Your perineum host, Tom Whitcomb. Um, uh, I'm sitting at the Australia Park Motel in Albury, not Wodonga. They're different places, apparently. Sipping a, a cup of tea. They gave us a, a full bottle of milk. None of these individual tubs uh, thrown into a mini fridge, 12 at a time. No, they gave us uh, the smallest little piece of pure milk I've ever seen. It was like max 100 mil. Didn't even know they made it. And I'm, I'm recording this on two devices because I refuse to do this twice. It's an absolute pleasure to be here yet again. I am calling in on the midst of the Dan Muggleton Australia-wide tour. That's right. Coming uh, come from Albury. We were, we were in Wagga Wagga last night with the excellent Dane Simpson. Who helped out, hosted the night. I opened up, did a solid 15, smashed it out of the park as per usual. A little bit of a break. Dan Muggleton came in and uh, killed hard for an hour. It was great times. Good fun. More than I expected. I was concerned. Because I got a text from Dan late on Thursday evening to say, hey, Wagga might be cancelled, it's flooded. And uh, as John Mulaney said, the greatest feeling in the world is the feeling of cancelling plans. And oh, just the, kind of like, you remember waking up on a Saturday morning and finding out it was raining and thinking, maybe I don't have to play sport today. I know I love sport and I spend most of my time dreaming of being a wallaby. But I would also rather play PlayStation if the option was there. That's how I felt. Late Thursday night, early Friday morning, thinking maybe I don't have to do anything this weekend. It's a weird thing with stand-up where, on the one hand, I do truly love it. It is, it is a passion. It's all that I want to do with my life. But on the other hand, doing nothing is, uh, is pretty sweet too. It's just the idea, especially on a weeknight... If a gig gets cancelled, oh, just tap it to my veins. It's such a great feeling. Because when you are at home after a long day of work, and it's 6.30, and your partner is a good cook, and it's warm inside, and you have a dog who is just flopped on the couch, and you have that kind of family moment where you're thinking, well, we could all just we could sit on, sit on TV and, and watch House of the Dragon and enjoy some... Family-friendly incest, you know, whether every family is happy, every family is content, on and off screen. And then you realize, oh no, I have to go to, uh, I'm trying to think of a venue that I could make fun of without fearing that I wouldn't get asked to come back to it. I can go to the Newtown Hotel and perform for 12 people and probably disappoint them and have my feelings hurt. I can go out and be judged for zero dollars, get home late, have to wake up early tomorrow and do this all again. <sighs> what? Why am I? What, what am I trying to do with my life? What's What's the point of this? Is this the dream? Dan Muggleton and I is currently sharing a, a two bedroom room. A two bedroom room. A two bed room. I I got it the first time. I didn't have to say room twice. A two bed room. I'm in the single as as the opener, as is tradition. He's in the double. Oh, looks good over there. Looks pretty roomy. He even gets two towels, which means presumably they thought three people were going to be staying here together, which would be odd. I think it kind of makes sense to have two single beds or two double beds, but one double, one single. You're presuming there's some kind of hierarchy 
in the traveling party. Or you're presuming it's a couple and an individual. I'd feel very odd about that. I guess it's like probably a family, right? Parents of one. That would make sense. Mum and dad in the double. Little boy in the single. Plenty of room over here to cover the pillow over your head and pretend you didn't hear anything. That's gross. Regret bringing that up. Hopefully tonight goes well. Wagga Wagga was a great time last night. I'm concerned about Aubrey. I don't know whether this is our people. I'm going to have to go on stage and pretend I don't think I'm better than them. And acting has never been my strong suit. That's why some people got into comedy. Not for me. That's not not the goal. But tonight I'm going to have to do my very best. I'm going to have to do a bit of, bit of method acting and maybe humble myself a little bit. Remind myself that I'm not so, not, not so crash hot myself. Uh, and then I, I will look over to the crowd of farmers, uh, of cattle farmers of Aubrey Wodonga and, and think, you know what? We're, we're not so different, you and I. And then when the gig is over, I can run myself. No, we're we're fucking different, mate. We are we are not from cut from the same cloth. You you fucking simple country folk. Hey, if you enjoyed my shows in Wagga and Aubrey, and you're tuning in now, sorry. I'm sorry for being so dismissive of you. I'm sorry that I that I questioned you before. I mean, I was worried about Wagga last night. It was an amazing show. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe Aubrey will remind me of why I love this game in the first place. But right now, I'm hungover and tired and uh, looking down the barrel of a lot more driving tomorrow. And uh, oh, a little bit of House of the Dragon incest would go down an absolute treat. Would go down uh, like an uncle on his niece in that show. The power couple. Uh, isn't that... It's, it's strange how that's just kind of flown under the road. No one seems particularly concerned about the amount of incest in House of the Dragon. It's just, well, like, well, culturally, Targaryens married brother and sister for generations. Yeah, but they invented the Targaryens. They didn't have to do that. We, we came uh, via Wagga Wagga, uh, on the way down from Wagga Wagga, rather. So Wagga Wagga is about 90 minutes away from, uh, from Aubrey. Wagga Wagga, <laughs> has Tan had a comment on uh, one of his Facebook posts, which said, uh, Wagga Wagga is Gadigal for New York, New York, which is very funny. As we're making our way from New York, New York, Wagga Wagga down to Albury, we stopped a little place called Henty. Henty is a, a little rural town. Uh, there's a comedian in Sydney, uh, Annie Boyle, very, very funny comedian, uh, especially for a woman. <laughs> Ooh, irony especially for uh, someone so new to the game uh, and also so female to be so funny. She was just excellent. Um, hey, if I look, let's be honest, a podcast, a very self-selective medium. If you've come in to find this podcast and gotten this far, presumably you're going to rec- either recognize irony or passionately agree with what I said. Um, and ideally, I would hope you'd be the former. But if you're the latter, I'm in no place to pick and choose my fans. Not just yet. I'll take what I can get for now. Um, we stopped in Henty and uh, there was a, a barbecued meats festival seeming to take place. It was very odd because there were a lot of smokers set up and a lot of tents. And yet, uh, in that set up, no one, you couldn't seem to get any meat. For, I saw a lot of people making ribs. There were no ribs on offer. There was a lot of smoked brisket, no brisket on It was, yeah, don't really know. I, I think the dominant theory is that it was some kind of um, meat smoking competition. 
and uh, they the, what they were making was for judging, not for us mere mortals to taste. That wasn't that's not the point. And unless you are a, a barbecue judge, they uh, they had no interest in letting you try it. Uh, and well, the Henty Smoked Meats Festival, what an experience for starters. I mean, it started strong because uh, we get to the gate, Dan and I. And uh, they say uh, it's fifteen dollars for adults to get in, so we, we pay we pay our entry fee, and they got little black wristbands, and it's all staffed by kids anywhere from the age of thirteen to seventeen, I would say. I don't think anyone was of age, and one of them said, uh, "All right, cool, Mitch will give you a wristy," and uh, wristy in Aubrey slash Henty is uh, slang for wristband, because I think we can all agree we've all been wasting time and effort saying wristband in full, we've always needed a shorthand for it, and uh, it took the good people of Henty to come up with it. Wristy. Now, unfortunately for the people of Henty, the term wristy does have other connotations. It was already uh, taken by a certain group of people, um, and boy, were Dan and I disappointed to find out what a wristy actually means in uh, in Henty. At least at this, we went to go get our meat smoked and, uh, and grab a wristy, and uh, boy, were we disappointed on both counts. So it started off with us getting a, a lackluster wristy behind a shed and henty uh, from a 15-year-old boy, and then we continued on into the, uh, the festival, and um, the, 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 the pride of the show, without doubt. Festival might be a strong term for what we, what we were a part of, it it was a it was a field. It was more of like a market, I suppose. Lots of market stalls, a lot of a lot of homemade vinegar, a lot of uh, wooden arts and crafts that nobody should buy. One of those, you know, when you think I should I should get, I should get somebody uh, a little souvenir while I'm here. My, I'll get my partner. She's she's alone with the dog right now at home. Keep you know, looking after the house. Keep keeping things in order. Maybe I should get her a little, a little something, something from from the Henty Smoked Meats Festival, and then you think, well, it's just going to be something else for her to throw out, really. If I'm going to get her a, a what a Henty Stubby Cooler, oh, I might as well just buy it and throw it out myself and throw her a, send her a photo of it from the garbage bin because I think that's you know, you might as well make the most of the landfill in Henty. I think there's a little bit more room here. We're running out of room in Sydney to throw shit out. There is no shortage of space um, in, uh, in in the Southern Highlands. Is that where we are? I don't think we are. Southwest of New South Wales. Um, not flooded, by the way. I know I left you hanging on there before. I was like uh, Dan said, we probably shouldn't go to Wagga Wagga. It's, uh, it's flooded. Not as far as I can see. It did make me think, don't get me wrong, I, I, was, uh, I was at least partially concerned where I was thinking... I thought I'd picked a place to live where I was totally sheltered from the elements. Where, you know, when bushfires happen, I'm like, gee, the air quality is poor, isn't it? That's about as engaged as I get with uh, with the nature of climate change in my day-to-day life. Um, but uh, the idea of, of having to spend a whole weekend in a place where you could end up on the news... And not the, you know, I'd love to end up on the project. I don't want to end up on the news. There's, there's nothing that could happen to me in my life. This is an interesting, I've never thought of this before. I don't think there's anything that could happen in my life where I would like to end up on the news. I don't want Tracy Grimshaw talking about anything that I do ever. That's, that's not part of the career plan whatsoever. So let alone 
because I'm getting rescued by a service helicopter in Wagga Wagga. Although, surely, if I was to get swept up in some kind of natural disaster in rural New South Wales, they got to prioritise my safety. There's, there's got, it's got to be women, children, and and soft-handed city boys getting evacuated first. I got to be on, the, I got to be on that lifeboat. I can't, I can't handle it down here. But I got to tell you, a lot of people at the Henty Smokes Meats Festival, they could, they, they relish the apocalypse. They're looking forward to it. They've got doomsday grab bags and shotguns loaded. They're ready to go. There were a lot of facial tattoos. You forget that about the country. Because you kind of think, I think we've got this old stereotype of country folk, of uh, straw hats and a bit of hay sticking out of their mouth. But no, it is a lot of, uh, a lot of John Deere hats and, uh, and, and spider webs on necks in the form of tattoos. It's, it's, it, was, it was confronting. It was, and I, you know, may, I don't know if I just like to think we stood out, but did not entirely feel like my people. The... The uh, the highlight of the Henty... Oh, and do I keep going around? So this, it didn't flood. It's fine. Everything's fine. If we'd cancelled the show, if we had cancelled the Wagga Wagga show because of the risk of flooding, th- they would have had every right to never let us allow... Never allow us in that town ever again. They'd be putting out photos up on telephone poles with just a big, just a, a big, in bold letters, pussies, for not coming to Wagga Wagga for the all of 10 millimeters of rain they got yesterday. Don't get me wrong. Some farmers have had whole paddocks totally ruined. I mean, you know, I'm sure there are some people whose livelihoods are a little bit tougher right now because they have been flooded. We saw, we saw horses grazing in a lake uh, on the way here, but um, you know, why would you be a farmer? Is that, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a vocation like everything else. We, we didn't have a lot of sympathy when taxi drivers were getting shafted because of Uber. We, we weren't concerned about the fax machine companies when the internet took over. Farmers, guys, let's, let's, look, let's look at the way of the future, all right? All of our meat and vegetable is going to have to come from a lab eventually. So unless it's too late for you to get into the University of Armadale and start earning a biology degree, you've you, you got to pivot. You've got to pivot real quick. The highlight of the Henty Smoked Meats Festival, as I, I keep teasing it, I keep bringing it up, I keep, I keep getting there and then I pull away and you're like, what was it? What could it have been, Tom? Uh, had to be the, uh, the pig racing, the, the mini pig racing, uh, the free range pig racing. Um, boy, did it draw a crowd. If n- none of the shows, I dare say, that uh, we will be doing on the Dan Muggleton Australia tour will pull quite the size nor enthusiasm of the crowd that gathered to see the second of five pig races happening at the Henty Smoked Meats Festival today. And uh, what a spectacle it was. Seven pigs, one course, one winner. None of the seven having any idea what it was they were trying to do. It was... Something else, and I would be lying if I would to call it anything other than gripping viewing. And I'm not. This sounds. I know. I I operate almost exclusively in irony and sarcasm. I mean this. It was a joy. There was a long lead-in period. They auction off like quote-unquote ownership of each pig. So they they run the same race back and over and over and over again. So it's the same seven pigs, and then depending on form, 
you can vote for different ones. They have different colored jackets. That's how they distinguish between them. And you auction, they auctioned off. I don't know how to say that word. I have a few words that I've said wrong in front of people before and I've been made fun of. And I don't remember. I know there's one of two ways to say it. And uh, I'm never totally confident as to which way is the one that doesn't get me bullied. The other one is Halloween. Halloween? Halloween. Halloween. H -hall Halloween. Auction? Au auction. Auction? Is that what I said? I think you used to say auction. Now you meant to say auction. I say now as if they changed the rules. I don't know. Whatever that word is, they they gave people the chance to bid for ownership of uh, the individual pigs, and uh, and if you and then the the money was given to charity, but uh, whoever successfully bid for the winning pig, they then uh, took home fifty percent of all the money raised. And the way that it worked was they bring all the pigs into one corner where they kind of like sh uh, rope them off or, or or gate them off. And uh, they open the gates and they obviously, I guess they've run this thing before. They kind of like usher them behind. They've got to get through like kind of an obstacle course, go around this gated, fenced off area. And in the middle are these hay bales. And on the hay bales are three or four different um, little saucers filled uh, with, most, I think most of them are empty. And one of them is filled with milk. And the first pig to drink from the milk dish is the winner. And boy, there were thrills, there were spills, there were, the underdog came out strong, the little green pig was doing very, very well, uh, the royal blue, as you would all know, I imagine you're keeping up to date with the form guards at the Henty Smoked Meat Pig Racing. The royal blue was, uh, he, it, he seemed like the only pig to be aware that a race was happening. The rest of them were quite happy just to follow on. He was like, he kept falling behind and then just fucking sprinting past everybody to get to the front. Uh, but could not find that, could not so find that source of green milk, of uh, green milk, the source of, I don't know what I'm saying. Couldn't find the source of milk, couldn't do it. Got to the middle, he, 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 had, he had all the time in the world to check every source, just couldn't quite work it out. Couldn't quite sort it out and, uh, well, credit with credit's due, the, uh, the purple pig, he... he he, 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 oh, fuck. You know when you can't find the right word? Like, I could find another word that still communicates the idea, but that's not the point. Capitalized. There it is. People capitalized. And uh, is this terrible podcasting? Is this me doing the audiobook version of the Henty Meat Festival? Oh, uh, look, you know, if you guys want to know more about the pig results, I'm sure you can check the local paper tomorrow. Uh, or the TAB form guide or your sports bet multi-account i would say i don't know if i have any gambling addicts uh in the listenership but given the general demographics that the sports bet audience tends to look like i would say so uh, a lot of a uh, lot of white dudes i think propping up the gambling industry in australia as well as this podcast thanks for listening fellas it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here as always been doing a lot of podcasting, doing a lot of podcasting, you know, obviously this one coming at you, no matter where I am, no matter where in the country I am, I will find a microphone and a quiet room and, uh, or possibly, uh, just hit record on my iPhone and give you some very lackluster audio quality. I don't mind. That's, uh, it's no problem to me, but 
uh, you know, hopping on some other people's podcasts. I went on the uh, Must Watch with George and Alan earlier in the week. I think that's coming out next week. That was fun. Alan Rutledge, uh, uh, Alan Rutledge is a Sydney-based comedian who makes me laugh a lot. He, he's uh, he's kind of taking a bit of a hiatus from comedy recently. I think he's coming back soon. I really hope so because he's very, very funny. He, uh, I've been telling everybody this story recently, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. I, this makes me laugh a lot. I uh, ran into Alan on a uh, Saturday evening many years ago. The Joker had just come into cinemas. And that, if that gives you any indication of the date. Joaquin Phoenix had no idea he would go on to win an Oscar. And none of us had no idea we were about to be locked inside for two years. Did Joaquin Phoenix win an Oscar for that? I think he did. Anyway. And uh, we, we were both at the Dendi Cinema and we were there to see Joker. I was there with my uh, my beautiful partner, Beatty, and he was there with somebody. And uh, we said hello in the foyer. We went off, we enjoyed the movie, came out. I went to Messina, they went to uh, Gelatissimo. Not trying to flex, not trying to brag, but, uh, you know, what can I say? Not all, of us, not all of us have that Gelato Messina dollar. Not, not all of us have that Gelato Messina cash, but your boy Tom does. Not only do I have Gelato Messina cash, I have so much Gelato Messina cash, I'm racking up points that I can just buy myself free Gelato Messina almost whenever I want it for like three or four times. Maybe three. And uh, we run in to Alan and uh, and his partner or whoever was there. And we're talking about the, we're talking about Joker. We're talking about Joaquin Phoenix's excellent performance. We're talking about uh, how it's it's just uh, such a so true of what the world is like. That film. It's such it's you know m- more allegory than than Hollywood blockbuster. I would say. And um, we're talking about the the girls. We're talking about how uh, the girls were talking about how how seeing that as non-comedians and that scene where Joaquin Phoenix is doing stand-up comedy and is just bombing, just absolutely dying. And they're like, they were looking at that through the lens of someone doing comedy. Be like, I don't just know how you guys do that. I don't know how, I don't know how you would even get through that. And Alan Rutledge, quick as anything, just looks at me and goes, well, Pogo's is a tough room. Now that might not be a joke for any of you non-comedians listening, which I mean, look, ideally would be most of you. But, uh, hey, if you're a comedian who got it, or if you're just a regular punter who got it, that's that's great. I find it really funny. And this podcast is for me at the end of the day. And then I caught up with uh, Anthony Lacascio, my good friend Anthony, and I did his Hack Pack podcast where he interviews uh, various levels of stand-up comedians. I've done it four or five times now. He's, he's been happy to have me on quite a lot. And as time goes on, he, he just keeps getting better and better comedians. I think he's going to get a Sydney legend, Al Del Bene. Al Del Bene is a real staple in the Sydney comedy scene. He, uh, he came up in Boston and in New York and was uh, friends with Dane Cook, arguably the biggest comedian in the world in the mid-2000s, and Patrice O'Neill, comedy royalty, tragically passed, rest in peace, Patrice, who... A lot of people now, he was like best mates with Bill Burr and he, a lot of people now kind of claim he, he, he could have been one of the big, big names in comedy if, if, he'd, uh, if he'd lived to see his career out. Uh, and meanwhile, I'm on there with Anthony talking about my self-released, self-taped YouTube special, which is now officially, I think I said last week at 40,000 listens, which is a shame because it actually only just cracked it now. So I can't even be like, it's, I said last week it was 40. Guess what? Now it's at 100. No, I said last week it was 40 falsely. 
Uh, but now it is at fault. Now it is actually at forty, uh, and I, I don't have to lie to you anymore. But I will lie to you and say it's at fifty because uh, who knows? Maybe it'll get there eventually. Um, so it was good. Good to be on the Hack Pack podcast, uh, talking about life as a as a hack. And uh, do I need to sneeze? <coughs> oh, I hope you guys got to enjoy that. Um, I did it off mic, so you might have missed it. But oh, is there anything better than a sneeze? Some people say seven sneezes to an orgasm. I think it's the other way around. That was just delightful. What a joy. Um, so, uh, Hack Pack podcast. Oh, yeah. I was um, walking. I, I went to go and do this podcast with Anthony. And uh, his podcast studio is very, very cool. I'm very envious. It, it, I mean, look, it's no Australia Park Motel in Albury-Wodonga. But uh, why is it Albury-Wodonga? If it's just... Because we're not in Wodonga, apparently. We're, we're in... Or, anyway. Excuse me. Sorry. Sniffing on my... That's gross. I apologize. Um, went, to, uh, went to do this... Uh, went to go and do this podcast. And uh, we, it's just down from Town Hall State. It's in Haymarket. Near Paddy's Market. So I walked down from Town Hall. Truly uh, a, a horrible part of the world. I mean, maybe, you know, part of the world might be rough. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it has its, uh, I'm sure it has its benefits uh, compared to certain, pi- certain parts of the world. Horrible part of Sydney, isn't it? Town Hall, just. I think, it, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I can't even, I, this is, this is, this is not, I, considering my entire job is to take things in my mind and express them out my mouth. I'm not doing a very good job of it. Something about it. How many bubble tea stores does the world need? It's just so much bubble tea constantly. Just every other store sells. How does it? I don't know how it sustains itself. There's going to be so many failed bubble tea businesses. They got to be a front for something. There's no way. Same as vape stores. How do vape stores exist? Think about, name me another store that is so niche and sells such a tiny, insignificant, and cheap product, and still managed to maintain that big of a retail footprint. You can also, you can buy it from like every dodgy convenience store, you can buy it online, and yet on Oxford Street in my suburb, there are three vape stores on the same, like, what? How? What are you really doing in there? Where is the money coming from? Hey, you know what I heard recently? I probably can't, this is, you know, I'm treading into libel territory. You know that uh, chain of fitness gyms? You know that very successful chain of fitness gyms that came across recently? There's a number involved. And uh, I went to one of them once. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've heard this place. You know, I've been trained really hard. Why is everyone's here body super gross? Is this... the? And then you find out that these guys are the... These are the regulars. The coaches are like, wow, seven days this week, Michael. And I'm like, seven days, Michael? What are you doing the... What are you doing the other 23 hours and 50 minutes of the day? Did you just come here in between meals? And are you just... Con- I just don't... Anyway. Do you know that one? You know the one where they uh, they set up stations and you go to the different stations and you're going to do deadlifts. Uh, for the amateurs, we've got a five kilo bar and for the experts, we have a seven kilo bar. You fucking losers. If you do... The- I-, I know some people. I- I- some of my mates do it. It's piss weak. Anyway. 
If you don't know which one it is, get in touch. Apparently, that was uh, that was initially set up to launder drug money. Now, if I have uh, broken any kind of law in being too obvious about which chain of gyms I'm talking about, uh, obviously, this is a performance podcast. This is all parody. Um, you know, I'm doing a, an impression of something that a comedian might talk about on a podcast like this. But uh, if not, isn't that fucked? I thought they were just getting by on the quality of their service as a gym. And look, as someone who's experienced that service, I should have known better. But uh, yeah, apparently that's why they're fucking everywhere and got there really quickly. I have no more details in this. I was going to say, if you want to know more, if you want to know which one to get in touch, I can't really tell you any. I'll tell you what the gym is, but that's where it starts and ends. Uh, but yeah, it was just it was weird. It was going going down to because it was actually the the podcast studio was in Chinatown, and that might explain some of the bubble tea stores potentially. Potentially, I'm not here to judge. All right, who's to say who's buying all the bubble tea? Could be any race. Maybe it's the Latin Americans. It's, I, I I wouldn't know. And even if it was, why does it matter? Why why is this even important? Why are you so fixated on this? Um. But yeah, just a lot of, just, just, a, it's just, I've never been, I've been in Sydney, other than Sydney on and off for about 25 years. And I've never been that deep into Chinatown. And it looked it like, there was like a, it's like a street festival going on that I had no, that obviously I wasn't invited to. I think even if I rocked up to that street festival, I'd be like, hey, come on. It's kind of our place, right? It's in the name. And I'd be like, that's fair enough. We've taken enough. Just, uh, just two bubble teas to go. Thank you. Um, to go with the other four that I got on the way here from three different venues. A lot of, a lot of karate, a lot of karate instruction studios, a lot of karate gyms. What is it about karate that when I find out someone has taken it for decades, I, I feel more like I could beat the shit out of them? And, I'll be, and I'm probably wrong because I've never been in a fight in my life. I've, in a fight or flight reflex, I'm all flight. The, if I see even the hint of a fight maybe happening, I'm I'm ordering an Uber and I'm ordering an Uber and a DD on separate phones and seeing what's getting there first because I'm getting the fuck out of there. I'm not I'm not made to withstand any form of confrontation. And yet, I find someone is a black belt in a martial art based on self defense, and I'm like, I kind of feel like I could kick the shit out of you. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I think what it must be is the kinds of people that are drawn to that martial art. Because if you take wrestling or you take boxing, I probably at the at least don't know too much more about you. If, I, I think if you take boxing, you were going to find a way to punch someone in the face regardless. You, you might as well get a free t-shirt for sign up out of it, I guess. You might as well get somewhere to shower afterwards by joining a boxing gym. Because, you know... It's very hard, very hard to clean the blood off your knuckles when you're only fighting on the street. It's always nice to have a hot shower after you're done toweling up your victims. But if you take karate, the thing I probably know most about you is, is you were probably quite invested in Dragon Ball Z at some stage. You probably took karate because you were given a pamphlet that told you that... You probably given, you, No, you, your parent was given a pamphlet that said this is the best way to protect your child from bullying. And uh, boy, did you need protecting. And look, there is not a colored belt in the world that could protect you from the fury uh, that I'm going to bring at you with my zero fights, zero wins, zero loss experience. 
Well, it's been a bit of a, a rambling podcast today, I'll be the first to admit, but aren't they all? Uh, but hey, this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to deliver. No matter where in the country I am, whether I'm uh, in the safety of my home or in a motel bed in Albury, Wodonga, uh, and I, I mean pretty much just those two places currently. Maybe next week on a, on a hotel bed in uh, a motel bed in, uh, in the Gold Coast. Maybe the week after that in a motel bed in Newcastle. Uh, the, 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 the tour, the podcast is on tour as well. I hope to bring you even more details of the world's great meat festivals. And, uh, and, and before I do, let's, uh, do a little three, two, one to wrap it up for the week. Oh, I should say, please. I've had a few people send me in some Chardon Friday stories. Uh, I'd love to hear it. I really do. I, it, it brings me joy to hear about the horrible things that happened to other people that brought you joy. So please send me a voice memo, send me a little message on Instagram. If you want me to, to share your Chardon Friday story. So far, a lot of the ones I've had have been very dark. It speaks volumes of the people that listen to this podcast. But uh, if it's something a little bit more lighthearted, a bit more trivial, I'd, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to share it with the, with the good people. The good people who listen to show some respect. Tom Kim is talking. Hey, if you like this podcast, can you tell people? I've never asked you to do that before. But, uh, and, and maybe, I don't know. Use your judgment as to whether they should start with this one. I would argue maybe not. I'll come back harder next week. I promise. But if you could, uh, if you could spread the word, because uh, it'd be great to get some more people listening to this. It'd be great to get some more people on the good ship. Show some respect, um, or 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 show them my comedy special. Either way, I would I would love either of those things. But as we wrap it up, three, two, one for this week. One point goes for Wagga Wagga's own Dane Simpson. Did a fantastic job setting things up for us last night at the gig. Setting it up physically and comedically by hosting the gig. Did an excellent job. Two points has to go. To the Bureau of Meteorology uh, for putting out some very, very difficult to interpret flood warnings. Just like, just a lot of information and very little guidance from the Bureau of Meteorology. It's like, there are flood warnings happening here. Should I go? Well, that's, who's to say? That's not, that's not our point. That's not our place to say. You, you make a call. You take your life into your own hands. We, we would rather not be involved. And last but not least, three points goes to the Purple Pig at the Henty Meat Carnival. Did a fantastic job at the pig races, and I can't wait to see it next year as part of the barbecue portion of the festival. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call it a day. I'm going to head out and perform to Albureans and see how that goes. I hope you have a fantastic week and look forward to tuning in again next week to show some respect. Tom, we've been talking. Have a great day. See ya.